Welcome back. You're watching Traders Corner and joining me as usual is Garth McKenzie, founder and editor of Traders Corner. Garth, welcome. Hi, Julieta. Garth, we're going to start talking about the general markets as we often do. Um, and the S&P 500 in particular is looking quite precarious. Yeah, it is. It, look, it's at, a, at an important level. Let's put it that way. Uh, it's at the 200-day moving average, which you can see on the chart over there at the moment. This lower... Uh, moving average over there, that red one, is the 200-day moving average. The blue one up above that is the 50-day moving average. Now, what's quite interesting is that it tested that 200-day moving average in February, and it tested it again recently last week, and then last night being Monday night when, when our markets were actually closed, um, the U.S. markets had quite an aggressive sell-off, and again, the 200-day moving average is being tested. So this is grabbing quite a lot of headlines at the moment and is, it is quite important. Um, the last time the S&P 500 traded below its 200 day moving average was right in the beginning of two, 2016, mm. so about two years ago. Um, but in the time between then it has tested the, the 200 day moving average three times and each time it's done that it has provided support and we've seen some buying off of that level. So it's going to be quite important to monitor how the market behaves around this level now in the, in the days ahead. Uh, and, and, and certainly it's, it's important to monitor because it does set the tone for global markets, generally speaking. Last week, I did point out the fact that the 50-day moving average, that blue line, is now uh, pointing southwards. And yeah. that's also for the first time in quite a long time that the 50-day moving average is pointing down. And I always like to, read, to see that as a, as a guide of medium-term momentum. So the fact that the 50-day moving average is now pointing downwards actually tells us that the medium-term momentum in this market certainly is weak. But having said that, the volatility is quite elevated at, these, uh, at, at the moment. So it's not to say that we couldn't see a bounce off the 200-day moving average and perhaps a rally to retest the underside of the 50-day moving average. And if that were to happen, that would be quite a big move. That would be you know, around about 150-odd points yeah. on the S&P 500 if we saw a bounce like that. So I think the reason I really bring it up is just to point out the fact that it, it's, it's significant that we're testing the 200-day moving average here, and it's going to be quite important for this market to hold that support level if we are to see a bounce going into the rest of April. What about the JSE? Because... Um there's also been some sort of key levels um, that the market has been flirting around with. Yes, that's right. So the top 40 index is what we're looking at here. And this is the top 40 spot index. Just keep that in mind. It's not the futures contract. It's the spot index itself. And what's notable here is that this area around 48,000 is also a, a very significant support area for our market. You can see those prior highs through 2016 and 2017. You join those up. It comes to about 48,000. And then the other uh, support level, which, which makes this a double support area is if you go back to late 2016 and you draw through all the lows since then that upward trend also comes in at about 48,000 so it's it's again a significant area that we need to monitor on our market uh, if we can hold this 48,000 and we can reverse and possibly bounce off here then it potentially lines up a, 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 a meaningful bounce in the weeks ahead but again, critical to monitor how this level holds. So on both the S&P 500 and on our top 40 index, we're at quite critical support levels. And it's going to be important to, to see how the market holds this support or doesn't yeah, in, I mean, the, in the week ahead. If you were to stick your neck out, would you say it's more likely it will bounce off this level and could see quite a nice rally back to previous highs this year? Uh, look, it's a difficult call. We haven't seen a clear reversal yet. So I'd say if we see a, a, a reversal off of these support levels, and particularly if we see a weekly reversal, and when I say a reversal, I mean, I'm, I'm saying you know, a week where the market closes in the upper half of the week's range 
and, 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 and it appears as if the buyers have won, won the week, let's put it that way. Yeah. That would count as a reversal. Uh, on a weekly basis. So I think we're going to need to monitor that. In terms of rallying back to prior highs, I'm not sure that we'll see that. That seems ambitious at the moment, but you can't rule it out. Yeah. What, what I will say is volatility is elevated. So if we see a bounce off of this level to then expect the market to bounce 2,000 points on our top 40 is probably not unrealistic, provided we can hold this support area. Yeah, okay, which is uh, good for traders, especially mm. if you catch it the right way. Yes. Garth, what hasn't been so good for the portfolio has been um, the, the most recent trade and it was a, a long position that you took in ShopRite. Yeah. It's not worked out the way you wanted it to. No, it hasn't. Unfortunately, it's a bit disappointing because it did get off to a pretty good start. And, and ShopRite has been one of the strongest stocks in the domestic space. And I really like this. I thought it ticked all the, tr all the boxes for a very decent long trade. Uh, what we identified was the fact that the stock has been trading in an upward channel since the beginning of 2018. You can see that quite clearly. There was some strong support at around about 250 Rand. And we saw a, a very clear reversal Mm. off that 250 Rand support area in the middle of March. And I took that as my cue to go long of ShopRite. We bought uh, 410 CFDs for our portfolio at 254 Rand. And we were looking for a rally up to 270. Now, it got about two-thirds of the way towards the target before it reversed down. And this was a tricky one because I, I, it's, it's one of those situations where I've often said on the show, identifying an entry and getting a good entry is not that difficult. Executing a stop loss is not that difficult. Knowing when to sell is the hardest part of trading mm. because you either wait too long and then you don't sell and you, you, you see your profit evaporate, which is the case here, or alternatively you sell and you sell too soon and you see that you could have made more. So I still, in, in, after all my years of trading, I still find knowing when to sell the hardest part of trading. I mean, I imagine that's universal though. It is. Everyone. Oh yeah, for sure. It, it, it absolutely is. In this case, unfortunately, I did, I did overstay my welcome and it ended up stopping us out. So we, after a good start and looking great for a, for a while, um, the trade went below our stop loss at 248 Rand 50, executed that stop loss and it ended up with us losing mm. 2,882 2, Rand on the trade. So it's, it's not obviously the outcome we wanted. Uh, it, we, we end up losing about 1.8% of our trading capital on, on this trade. Certainly not the end of the world, but it, it is a little bit disappointing given that it got out the blocks as a good trade. Yeah. And, and like I said, to me, it ticked all the boxes of a, of a great trade. But that's this business, that's trading. Uh, you, you can have the best looking setup and it sometimes doesn't work. And I've, I've always said why I think we've been successful on this show is because we've been good at risk management and we make sure that our losses don't cripple us. When we take them, we take small losses, and that's part of trading. You, you've got to accept that that's the way the business goes. Yeah, and your stop loss um, is what you respect the stop loss, yeah. uh, which is what um, you've always done, uh, well, in the portfolio on the show and imagine in your own trading. Yeah. Okay, so a bit of a loss there, which is unfortunate. Um, it hasn't deterred you from putting on a new trade this no. week, though. And the stock that you're looking at is Sunlum, which is quite interesting. Um, it's not You wouldn't necessarily identify Sunlum as the sexiest, most sort of tradable trade out there. Mm. Um, why are you interested? Yeah, it's... You know, it's not the most sexy stock out there, but it does provide nice trading opportunities and it's incredibly liquid. And that's one of the criteria that you always look at as a trader. This is the stock that you're trying to trade in. Is it liquid? Is it easy to get in and out of it? And, and Sunlam trades bundles of shares every day. So from that perspective, it, it, it is a great stock to trade. And it has reasonable movement. So there is okay. actually money to be made on Sunlam. Why I'm liking it this week, though, is not for any technical reason, really. Uh, 
I'm not going to put trend lines on this chart and support and whatever because it's not really relevant in this case. Why I like it is because of the fact that last week something interesting happened. The company uh, raised fresh capital via an accelerated book build. They raised 5.7 billion rand of fresh new shares, which meant that they effectively increased the shares, shares in issue by about 3% to raise that capital. And the money is being used to fund the remaining acquisition of, of a company called Saham. Which they, uh, which which Sunlam already owned about forty six percent of it, and they're buying out the remaining stake to to take their shareholding up to a hundred percent. Now Saham is a uh, African short term insurance company. It's showing quite significant growth, and it looks like a very good acquisition for Sunlam. Now. Why I like it from a short-term trading perspective is when you get these book builds, the way it works is effectively the company goes to a book runner, in this case it was Deutsche Bank and JP Morgan, and they say, right guys, we need to sell a whole lot of new shares, go out there and find your clients and get us a decent price. Get us a decent price and find us buyers. They needed 5.7 billion rand and off these guys go. And overnight, in one night, they come back the following morning, they've raised 5.7 billion rand in in, in buyers. But of course, when that gets done, in order to entice the buyers in, they need to place the shares at a little bit of a discount to the prevailing market price. So what happened here is these new shares were placed at 87 Rand each. Yeah. Uh, and the shares before that had been trading at around about 91 or 92, thereabouts. So it ended up that those new shares were placed at a 5% discount to the prevailing market price. And that creates a little bit of a short-term overhang in the stock price. And hence, you see that big gap to the downside that we did last week on Wednesday. Now, these type of things usually are corrected relatively quickly. And when I say relatively quickly, a week or two, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, the reality is that nothing really fundamentally has changed at this company. In fact, if anything, that's a good acquisition. All the research I've read suggests that, that Sunlam doing this and going and buying this African short-term insurer is actually a good acquisition. It's good for their growth prospects. But there's a short-term overhang of stock in the market, and that creates the opportunity. So as a result, I like to look at these opportunities as a, as a buying opportunity where you then expect a little bit of a recovery in the share price for it to effectively regain that lost ground. And that's what we've done for the portfolio this week. Um, it's traded below the, the issue price. That, as I said, the new shares were placed at 87 Rand yeah, each. Yeah, I mean, that's another point I was going to mention um, because there was quite a lot of, uh, there was a lot of weakness on the yeah. day that the book bulls took place. Yeah. Uh, and it seems that Sunlam's share price had, it wasn't just the book bull that pushed it weaker, but general market weakness. So if it just got caught up in the selling, uh, which was maybe somewhat indiscriminate, you would expect it to bounce back. I think so. And I think this, this weakness has been a little bit overdone. Just one other thing to keep in mind is that Sunlam is currently cum dividend of two rand and 90 cents, and that'll be X dividend tomorrow being Wednesday. So you would expect that the share price is going to fall further uh, okay. come tomorrow. But but the reality is, I mean, we've bought it for our portfolio, but we still get the benefit of that dividend. So I'll show you the parameters now that we're going to do uh, with this trade, but those parameters will in fact need to be adjusted down because of the, the dividend. Okay. Um, so we have gone long at 84 and 39. I've bought for our portfolio. The stop loss I'm using is 82.50. And I'm looking for a move up towards about 90 Rand, which effectively would look to go and fill that gap that was created on the move down 
last week after this accelerated book build. Also just notice the volume spike that is evident over there last week on Wednesday and Thursday. That is due to the fact that these new shares have been issued and yes, there's an over overreaction in the share price, but there's also been some aggressive buying at the lower levels yeah. as well. Okay, so take us through the mechanics and the parameters because, they, as you say, um, there's a little bit of footwork here. Yeah, that's it. So we bought at 84 and 39. Stop loss is 82 and 50. The risk per share, therefore, is 1 rand and 89 cents. I'm risking 2,415 rand. Now that is 1.5% of our trading capital. So we've got about 161,000 rand in our South African portfolio at the moment. 1.5% of that is 2,415 rand. I take the total capital risk and I then divide that by our risk per share in order to get the number of shares or number of CFDs that we can buy. So it comes out to 1,280 CFDs. That's what I've bought for this portfolio for the week. Uh, my target, as I said, is 90 Rand, looking to go and target the gap where the shares fell before the book build took place. And then the risk to reward on this is therefore 1 to 2.96, so mm -hmm. as close as damn it to 1 to 3, yeah. which is uh, obviously the ideal that I generally look for when we place a trade. And just how would you adjust it though with the dividend, Garth? Is there anything um, to add there? Yeah, good point. Uh, so typically what you would do is you take that dividend and deduct it. So all the, all the numbers, all the parameters that I'm looking at here effectively will need to be reduced by 2 Rand and 90 cents okay. to compensate for the dividend. So my stop loss will drop by 2 Rand and 90 cents. My effective entry price also drops by 2 Rand and 90 cents. Yeah. And, and my target also will probably drop. But that's also not to say that it may not go back to 90 Rand even once the dividend is passed, if I, if I give it a bit of time. So you know, to me, this ticks a, a couple of boxes. These types of scenarios come around from time to time. And I, I, I do think uh, you know, Sunlam has recently been quite a strong stock and it's yeah. probably got the potential to recover some of this lost ground in the near term. Okay, very quickly, how do the portfolios stack up then? Right, so our South African <coughs> portfolio is showing the loss that we took on ShopRite and then our new trade on Sunlum over there. You can see we're up 7.6% uh, for the year. That's a little bit off of last week's yes. total because of the loss that we took on ShopRite. And then of course our offshore portfolio is looking a little bit uh, neglected. It's still, <laughs> I need to do something here. Um, we're still sitting with a gain of 3.2% for the year to date. Uh, whilst the US markets are falling, it's probably not a bad place to just be sitting in cash. We're outperforming the market just by stealth at, <laughs> yeah, at, at the moment. But, but certainly looking for opportunities yeah, to put that offshore money to work. Okay, we have to leave it there. Garth, thanks as always for joining us. Garth McKenzie is founder and editor of Traders Corner.